Sal Barry and Tim Parrish. This is the Puck Junk Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. I'm Sal Barry and along with me is Tim Parrish, a.k.a. The Real DFG. Tim, how are you today? Fantastic. You say that every week, but I don't believe it. Oh, am I that transparent? <laughs> Look at uh, me, I'm transparent. I'm a ghost, boo. I could scare yeah. people, yeah. Um, well, I don't want to yeah. bring the rest of the room down, so at least oh. I got I to gotta say something to keep it positive. Well, good, we're going to need that, because actually the first thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about what happened um, to Jay Bomeister in Tuesday night's game uh, at the Honda Center against the Anaheim Ducks. So I know everybody in the hockey world knows about this by now, so I'm not breaking any news here. But what happened was was um, about 12 minutes into the game, uh, Jay Bomeister, uh, defenseman on the Blues, was sitting on the bench, and he collapsed. He just slumped over and fell. And the guy sitting next to him, I think that was Vince Dunn, he jumped up right away, starts, you know, yelling it for the trainer to come over. Uh, Alex Peter Angelo was skating over to the bench because it was a TV timeout. So, like, the goalie was at the bench and Peter Angelo, like, they were kind of skating, kind of milling around. And then all of a sudden, they all just start yelling. Um, th- this happened, obviously, during commercial break. So we didn't see this happen in real time. Come back to the game and the announcers are, are basically saying, yeah, a, a player just fell over. So he was taken to the hospital. They had to use the defibrillator on him, uh, defibrillator. Um, he had a cardiac episode, which could be heart arrhythmia. It could be a heart attack. It could be an irregular heartbeat. It could be his heart stop. We don't know. Okay. Cause it could be any one of those things. So uh, I'm not saying that any one of those things happened. Basically, the heart wasn't working the way it was supposed to, and he passed out, and they basically had to use the the paddles on him. So, obviously, that's very scary um, when something like that happens to anybody. But for a world-class athlete who's 35 years old and, you know, obviously in incredible shape for that to happen, it's, it's a pretty scary thing. Yeah, I mean, the last time I remember seeing something like that happen was... Uh... Was it four or five years ago when Rich Peverly mm-hmm. for the Stars, mm-hmm. and he had been he had already missed a bunch because he had a regular heartbeat and he was treated for the, like the season before. But same thing, um, got loaded in an ambulance. They had to use the defibrillator on him. So it's definitely scary, scary stuff. And the crazy part is they start talking about it, and you're trying to wonder what happened. And the only video they really had was just that kind of side shot where you see him there, kind of hunched over Mm -hmm. like i mean he just got off the ice finished the shift he's sure he's out of breath most guys you know lean over like that i mean yeah phil kessel's like example of that Uh because anytime you see him on the bench he's always slumped over gasping for air so that's nothing new but then he just keeps going over and then you see all the players waving trying to get staff and medical team to come over and and uh respond and Luckily, everybody was on their toes and, you know, dealt with it as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And um, from the from the sounds of things, I mean, Doug Armstrong had a press conference this afternoon and mm-hmm. basically said that they're just he's in 
okay condition. He's in good spirits, and they're doing a bunch of tests to figure out what happened and why it happened. So, yeah, I mean, and uh, I mean, obviously, that's scary, and it's also kind of sad because, I mean, obviously, that was the end of Peverly's career, and I mean, this could very well be the end of uh, Bo Meester's. 16 17 year career now something like that he's been in the league a long time right. um and uh i mean you know uh, you mentioned peverly and actually so one of the things he's been doing since he retired and he had to retire was he was pushing for uh rinks to have those uh defibrillators there's an i forget what they're called like uh, what the acronym is for them but um to get those in the rink and to get rinks uh rink personnel to be trained on them uh you know not just pro rinks but amateur rinks too so i mean you go I to believe any the hockey- acronym you were looking for was an aed aed yes. yes and the only reason why i remember that is because pretty much every single school has them in their school gym around mm. where where i am so all the basketball games that i've been going to lately you see them on the wall so yeah, I don't remember those from my childhood, though. I remember no, they didn't. Eight. They just let us die. So, <laughs> wow, <laughs> we we had a smoke alarm, we had a a, a a fire alarm, and maybe a um a fire extinguisher. Yeah, we had a, we had smoke alarms in our school as long as the janitor didn't take the batteries out for their flashlight. So. <sighs> So anyway, so yeah, obviously we're all hoping that uh, Bo Meester makes a speedy recovery. He's back on his feet. I mean, you know, maybe back on the ice. I don't know. I mean, we don't don't know the extent of it. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it could. I mean, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to speculate. But I mean, I even know that like um, somebody like uh, Kimo Timonen a couple years ago, oh, a couple years ago, when he won the Cup with the Hawks in 2015. Uh, he had blood clots. He had to be on medication for that, maybe blood thinners or something. And he actually had to like sign a waiver and he had to get his family to sign off on it and just say, yes, he can play. So, I mean, he was in, the, you know, he did the one year contract with the Blackhawks and he won a Stanley cup and he got to go out as a winner. And, you know, everybody felt for him cause he was like 40 something, you know, but I mean, so you can have, a, it is possible for something bad to happen to a player like that and and they could come back. I'm again, I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen. Maybe I'm just being optimistic. Maybe I'm just always looking for that um, you know, it could be better, it could get better, he could get better, you know, things, you know. That's the optimist in me and maybe uh may, maybe my optimism is misplaced here, but I like to think not. I like to be hopeful. Well, and it's, you know, Obviously, you want to hope for the best. You don't want to see anybody's career cut short from something like this. I mean, you bring up the blood clot thing. I remember um, when Thomas Focoon was on the Penguins, he almost died from blood clots in his leg. And, you know, people said, oh, he's out for the injury. He's got blood clots. Well, he had a history of blood clots, and he came out in an interview after the fact, and he basically said, yeah, it basically almost took my life. Wow. So, I mean, you know, you know, he was able to still play going forward and he had surgery to remove them. Uh, they were in his pelvic area, so they messed up his legs. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. It, hopefully we'll find out something it is. They'll be able to treat it and uh, Jay will be back 
back on the ice. So here's to hoping. We shall so, see. So we go from uh, J to JR. Oh boy. So on Wednesday, uh, it was announced that NBC is fire is has fired Jeremy Roenick after suspending him indefinitely without pay in December for remarks that he made about several of his on-air uh, colleagues, Catherine Tappan, Patrick Sharp, and Anson Carter. Uh, we talked about that at length in another podcast, uh, but, I mean, everybody pretty much knows the details now. Um, and uh, I am a little surprised. Really? Ah. Maybe not because it took you? this long. You know what I thought? I honestly thought he was going to be back for the All-Star game. I thought he was going to be back for the All-Star game. That's what I, you know, like, it's kind of like so he does something stupid. Okay, you know, perfect example. So the whole Hockey Me Too thing with um, the coaches, right? And you recall Mark Crawford was uh, uh, criticized by some of his former players, right? So the Blackhawks, they suspended Mark Crawford. They right. did an investigation. They found out that Crawford has been in therapy for his past behavior and trying to be a better person. And they just said he's going to remain suspended until after the new year. So they kind of gave it some time for it to kind of cool down. And then he came back, you know, and it, you know, it's not like, Somebody accuses us of him some, on a on a Tuesday, and then he's back like Wednesday, and everybody's still outraged. You know what I mean? Um, but I think the difference here is that you have your internet people who are outraged, and then you have like your colleagues who are outraged. And I think in Ronick's case, yeah, I guess his co- colleagues were outraged. I mean, rightly so. I don't know. I actually, I don't know if they were. I imagine. I don't think. I don't think outraged is the right word. Pissed off. <sighs> You know, when the whole thing, and we talked about this, and I know you and you and Jim talked about this too, but, you know, when the whole thing went down, the initial reaction from everybody was like, basically, I mean, in not to trivialize it, but in, in less words, it was, oh, that's JRB and JR, whatever. Yeah. And then the more that the media piled on and piled on and social media exploded with it, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden everybody that, supposedly didn't have an issue with it now had an issue with it Mm -hmm. and everybody was scorning and disapproval and everything else and i'm not trying to trivialize it but again we live in this cancel culture if you say something that's whether it's borderline or over the line it doesn't matter because if you're in high profile positions working for any company and you're not your own employer that's not responsible to anybody mm-hmm. you're toast i mean that's just that's the bottom line you're done so working for nbc which is a juggernaut of an employer they had no choice they honestly they had no choice would i've liked to see a different outcome sure did i think he was going to be back for the all-star game no did really? i think he was ever going to be back no I wanted him to be, but there was no chance, no chance because that would look so poorly on NBC with all of the negative publicity that they would get from so many different 
social conscious and I'm choosing my words carefully here socially conscious watchdog air quotes groups mm-hmm. they would have been hammered hammered so I, I don't know I, I didn't expect him to be back um, if he did there was a glimmer of hope in the back of my mind saying okay they're gonna let this blow over for this season and then when all the hype and everything comes for next season all of a sudden they'll wheel him back out in very small doses mm-hmm. but even that was just yeah so what I think should happen is him and Don Cherry should team up and form their own podcast or their own broadcasting team and then go out and find all the most ridiculous, over-the-top, crazy analysts that they can and start their own hockey network. Now that would be must-see TV. Hmm. That, that's a funny, that's an interesting idea. You know, I want to backtrack because I wanted to ask you, do you feel that with like a lot of these, um, well, we brought up cancel culture earlier and then, and yes. we talk about people doing something, other people getting a person doing something, people getting angry at them, that person getting reprimanded or losing their job. Do you feel that like in general, and I know it's a case by case basis, but do you think maybe sometimes intent isn't looked at enough? Like, you know, when they say, I didn't mean to do that, but when they actually, when, all right, there's a difference between being physically abusive or verbally abusive to one of your hockey players, especially if they're a junior age player. I mean, come on, you know, um, you know, they're just a kid at that point, but, uh, you know, but intent versus like saying something stupid on the air. Now, Don Cherry said something stupid on the air, and we think that his intent was maybe to single out immigrants which i'm still not 100 percent sure i mean because when he just you know if he said you people who do you mean you people you know all you people you people who don't buy poppies right but when he was like you move here this and that the other thing yeah he kind of he kind of he sealed his fate with the you people come here Mm -hmm. you people come here and live our milk and honey and blah blah Uh blah and you know that that's how the whole thing got put together but you're right that's exactly what it is it's people's opinion and interpretation on things and whether it's somebody saying something off the cuff Mm -hmm. that gets taken out of context or even taken in context but they have the ability to sit down for 10 minutes and overanalyze something to death that's that's what this has become you know the whole idea of cancel culture in and of itself is kind of a ridiculous concept to me because 10 years ago, it didn't exist. 20 years ago, it absolutely didn't exist. 10 years ago, we didn't have Twitter. We had fate. Well, we had Twitter. I'll take that back. Like uh, we, 2009. We yeah. Okay. We had Twitter then, but I mean, it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. No. I mean, yeah. We may have had, may have had Facebook and Twitter or even MySpace back then, but they weren't the let's go on there and complain and, and bitch and moan about every little stupid thing that goes on in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate, I don't want to fall into the quagmire of alienating people and sit here and, and say, you know, grow a freaking backbone. Right. But that's kind of how I feel sometimes. Because, sure, if I went to work at a, at a hypothetical job that I don't have, um, and I said... 
things like JR said to fellow employees. Yes. I'm sure in this hypothetical company, if said hypothetical company had an HR department, I would be called into an office and spoken harshly to, if not canned myself. Okay. So now you take that and no, I don't say it to the employees, but I say it about the employees somewhere else, not on the clock, talking to somebody and somebody else finds out that I said it. Am I still called into the HR department? Well, maybe if it then becomes a problem at work. Mm-hmm. I don't know that this actually became a problem. It was made to become a problem because the fact that he went on another popular radio show and said it. So, you know, no one would make a big deal if I said it and I was fired from my job because I'm a nobody. Mm-hmm. But he's technically a celebrity so to speak. So therefore he is a target to be analyzed of every bit of his behavior that goes on from the day he, the moment he wakes up till the moment he goes to sleep, just like any other celebrity. And that's, that's the world we live in now. Assuming that Ronick doesn't start his own podcast, which I would listen to because he's hilarious, you know, the politically incorrect podcast with Jeremy Roenick, right? Because, um, you know, I love Don Cherry, but Roenick played in a more modern era that I can relate to. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear his stories. But uh, where, where he'll do you He'll be think... back. I'm sure he'll be back. Oh, he said he'll be back. He said yeah. I'll be... He said, well, not like the Terminator, I'll be back. But he said, don't worry, I'll be back. So where do you think he's going to land? Honestly, if... I have a theory. Uh, here's my theory. The normal MO. Okay, so you're fired from NBC. So who would hire you? ABC? CBS? No, obviously, because they don't have hockey, and he's a hockey personality. So where else does he go? Does he go to a local market? Does he go to a another national media outlet that covers hockey well there really isn't one in the united states so he'd be forced to go to canada so you're looking at sportsnet or thn which eh, maybe tsn tsn sorry Mm -hmm. that's okay um what did i say thn the home shopping network the hockey news um yeah um so i can see that that also fits yeah but honestly he's I don't want to call him damaged goods right now, but I think he's got that that stink pig pen cloud, cloud of dust yeah. floating around him. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah. yeah. I said stink cloud, and you said yeah. that pig pen. Yeah, yeah. It's like a pig, he's got that pig pen cloud of dust surrounding him. So mm-hmm. whether people consider this legitimate media or not, I could see Barstool hiring him. To be honest with you. Oh yeah, I think the chicklets uh, they kind of let him. Well, no. They just at he did they didn't you know what actually they didn't like lead him down a path to for him to to put his foot in his mouth. But I see that commercial with Bissonette and Whitney, and I'm just like, yeah, you guys, they yeah, Ronick screwed his career on your show, and there you are, drink having a drink, <laughs> like. Yeah, but you know that's that's how that works. Anybody that listens to the show listens to it for one reason, and that's because 
players, both current and former players and hockey personalities go on that show and they can actually be themselves Mm -hmm. and not have to be the stuffy suits and say the right things and, you know, that kind of thing and toe the line. They just speak candidly and talk, you know, and talk. And and that's one of the reasons why that show is so popular is it's just guys talking and, you know. I kind of want to think that Ronick for a little while, I'm thinking maybe he would go to ESPN because they, uh, well, because I believe that now ESPN is now streaming some of the games on ESPN Plus, like some hockey games are streamed. Yeah, every night they have a game or two that's available on ESPN plus that you can stream as long as you pay for the service. Right. So they're probably not having their own broadcast team for that. They're probably just patching into like, I've watched two games and both times they were patched into the home feed of whatever Mm -hmm. it was. Mm -hmm. So I think one game was the Rangers and somebody. So it was MSG network uh, feed. And then another game I believe they patched into like Boston and I shut it off immediately because I can't take that. Oh, yeah. That Homer crew is just ridiculous. I think, um, I don't know, Boston, um, I don't know. There's certain crews that I like more than others. Like, um, but then again, part of it is just my bias of like the teams that I tend to watch because I watch a lot of Sharks and Avalanche. So I'll always go for their their announcers. Um, but like pretty much anybody else, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I You know, like I never choose to watch the Rangers, like unless they're playing a team that I want to watch. Like I never right. say, oh, the Rangers are on or, oh, the Islanders are on. Unless unless it's like, oh, the Islanders are, or the Maple Leafs are visiting the Islanders and it's John Tavares' first game back. Then, yeah, I watched that game, of course. Um you know, because I was expecting bad things, bad or and or hilarious things to happen. Um, but yeah, like uh, I, I know what you mean, though, about just being annoyed by some announcers, especially the ones that are like just like blatant homers. And the thing is, you, you not to not to get off the subject, but you as a fan of a team, whether you're you know you a Blackhawks fan, me a Penguins fan, or whatever you're a fan of, you know, watching the team play, you're you're always going to be prone to want to listen to your own announcers just because you're going to have that slant a little bit. But honestly, I've watched plenty of games and listened to plenty of games on the radio and, and listened to radio broadcasts. And it is absolutely insane the dichotomy. You have such a vast separation of the Homer announcers versus the more neutral announcers for teams. And it's so crazy because there's not a lot of middle ground. It's either way to the left or way to the right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Boston to me, the the TV crew is, is absolutely ridiculous. And the other one, Tampa Bay's radio crew. Good Lord. Uh, you know, I, I can handle I can handle Phil just because he's old. Yeah. And, you know, he rambles on about crazy stuff and, and says stuff in the background and you have no idea what's going on half the time because obviously you're, it's on the radio. Yeah. But their main guy, and I can't remember who it is, 
even my kids commented on it. We were listening in the car the other day. Um, they, oh, were you punishing uh, Tam- them? No, Tampa Bay was playing the Penguins, and I was taking them. I was taking them back, uh, back home, and so I turned it on in the car because we were watching it in the house, and it was Tampa Bay's announcers, uh, and they scored. Tampa Bay scored, mm-hmm. and the announcer just—you would have thought they won the Stanley Cup. It was—it's <laughs> was crazy. But yeah, that's that's one perfect. That's a perfect example of that. But, but yeah, so <laughs> they game, go like game, they're like the Tampa Bay Lightning have scored, and now they only trail by four, right? <laughs> no, it, I, and it wasn't even like you know the the soccer goal. It wasn't even that. It was like this guy was putting so much emphasis. He was like, he scored. He, like his voice was just like like he was going crazy and like ready to trash the place. Like it, it was no. Uh-uh. I don't even want my regular like home announcers to do that. I just don't. You know, one thing I'll I, say about the Blackhawk announcers, and I've been listening to Pat Foley for a long, long time. Is he a homer? Yeah, and he admits it. But you know what? At the same time, it, he'll, he'll, he'll if if a Blackhawk player does something wrong, he'll he'll call it. You know, he'll say he'll say yeah. So and so got a penalty, and he deserves a penalty because he did. De- you know what I mean? Like he doesn't he doesn't like. I don't feel like he sugarcoats things and I don't feel like he will be like, Oh, well it's clearly the other guy's fault. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, um, he, he's, I feel like he's honest in his, uh, in his analysis of things. Uh, well, as and that's what Jack. you want. That's what yeah. you want. You want him well, to a call little it bit of a Homer, you know, a little yeah. bit of a Homer. You want a little bit of the Homer and you want to, you want him to call it down the middle because you wanted to know what's, what's going on, mm-hmm. but maybe a little bit of Homer. But when every single call that goes against the team you're announcing for is the worst call ever, and every single penalty that gets called on your team is the worst call ever, it just come on, I, I can't, I can't deal with that. And I know there's others out there like me. I've seen oh. you on Twitter, so. So, uh, what was I going to say? Um, getting back to the Ronick thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So ESPN Plus, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. I, I, I see that Barry Melrose their... has been on NHL Network an awful lot lately, so I'm wondering if he's still employed by ESPN or just <laughs> on loan. He gets a he gets a he gets a pass. He gets he gets a, a day pass. I don't know. He's been on there quite a lot. That's okay. I mean, I always felt for him because he's an immense hockey personality, and he's on like a station that like you know. It'd be like it'd be like me being the hockey. It'd be like me being the hockey writer for like Home and Garden magazine, you know. Exactly. <laughs> only, only wait a minute, no, because ESPN is a sports magazine, right. and I don't want to say that would be like me being a hockey writer for ESPN magazine because that doesn't exist anymore. Or you, you, you know cover... what they did? You know what they did to my subscription of? Okay, first of all, I subscribed to ESPN magazine or ESPN the magazine. Because it was like a dollar an issue. And I'm like, hey, I like to write about sports. I support journalism. I am buying a subscription to this magazine. And you know what? I actually liked a lot of the articles in it. And not even like, I mean, they might have one hockey article per issue. A lot of times written by Emily Kaplan, uh, who, you know, obviously writes for their website. But um, the football articles, the baseball articles, they had this one hilarious article about um 
God, I can't remember who it was now. Oh, uh, it was about uh, it was the it was the it was the Hall of Goats, the greatest of all time. The so the the greatest players deciding if they were going to allow Serena Williams into the Hall of Goats, and so it's like this whole like like dialogue of them. Was it the Hall of Goats or was it the Chamber of Goats? No, it was the Hall of Goats. Something like that, right? Yeah. And wasn't it Serena Williams? Because then there was like this tennis match that happened. And oh my God, it was so funny. Like, I mean, I just loved it. It was such a great article. Uh, and, and what they ended up, wait, you knew about that story? Yeah, I had I had the same magazine. I had a subscription oh. too. Yeah, so are you enjoying your National Geographics now? Oh, my I I don't get that either anymore. I get well, okay, nothing. So, well, what happened was about four months. Yours got ago, switched. Yeah, I got a postcard, and they just basically said that for every two issues of ESPN the magazine, they will send me one issue of National Geographic. So it wasn't even a one-to-one exchange rate. It was like for every two issues that we owe you of ESPN the magazine, we're going to give you one National Geographic. So I got exactly two National Geographics. Because I was owed four magazines, I guess. Or maybe three. Maybe they just rounded up to the whole the the nearest whole magazine. It'd be kinda awkward to send somebody a half a who, who half a the National hell decided that National Geographic was the equivalent of ESPN magazine? Who whose job was it to decide that? Still better than getting home and garden magazine. Yeah, but come on. At least keep it as a sports magazine. Well, I mean, good yeah. lord. They couldn't send you like a copy of SI or something. Maybe it's a different, might be a different conglomerate that owns that. So, uh, yeah, it's, <clears throat> they're going to give you what they have and not what they, uh, what they don't have. Um, yeah, I guess. so anyway, so yeah, so that was, uh, so, um, yeah, Ronick, I don't know, like if they were trying to build up their hockey personalities, he'd be a great one to build around. I think so. We'll see where he lands. It'll be interesting. So uh, we're let's talk about some hockey cards because we got a we got a big thing coming up this weekend. We got National Hockey Card Day, uh, which is woo. I know uh, Saturday, February fifteenth. So this is the ninth year that they're doing it in the United States, and I forgot how many years they've done it in Canada, USA. They started, in, I want to say, in uh, two thousand twelve. 13 or was it 11 12 it was i don't know eight nine years ago and canada was a couple years longer i want to say 08 09 or 9 10 a couple couple years older um so as we know there's a 16 card american set there's a 16 card canadian set um also there are um and the way to get those cards cards one through 15 you go to one of your participating dealers you get a free pack of cards from them uh, so obviously, if you go to five different dealers, you could get five different packs of cards. That's the idea. Then you can build this 15-card set. To get the 16th card, you need to make a $10 purchase. And uh, to find out the dealer dealers that are participating, you want to go to UpperDeck.com slash NHCD. Yeah, they usually, as the date gets closer... Um... Well, obviously it's this weekend. They usually yeah. they usually will update those and add more add more participants because um, they try to get as the promotion goes along. They try to get more and more dealers involved with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, if you don't 
if, if you try to go word of advice, and this has happened numerous years, if you try to go to that website and you can't get to it, just keep trying because they update that list. So sometimes yeah. they take it down, update it, and put it back up. It'll be a PDF list that you download. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, each now here's something that's interesting. So uh, each set, so there's five victory black rookies that you could potentially get. There's five mascot cards that you could potentially get, and then there's autograph cards, and they never tell you the odds, and they never really tell you. They might have said who the autographs were this year, but I forgot already. Maybe I announced it a couple shows ago or last show, but um, um, those are. I can tell you the American ones are Brock Besser. Uh, uh-huh. Joe Pavelski and uh-huh. I want to say uh, Taro Hirose from the okay. Red Wings, mm-hmm. and then the Canada ones, if I'm not mistaken, are Ryan Paling, Mark Andre Fleury, and I believe Lanny McDonald is in there. Wow! Well, Canada so, wins that one. Yeah, but it's Lanny McDonald dressed like a maple leaf, I believe. That's okay. Yeah, he was, he was so, a good maple leaf. But that's. So that's who I think is in there. I'm not sure if there'll be others, but you know how Upper Deck is. They like to throw in surprises at the yeah. last minute. Yeah. Yeah, it should be Landy McDonald as a Colorado Rocky. Because that, that would just be hilarious. There you go. Because, uh, yeah. So, anyway, uh, so here's the funny thing, though. I don't know if you know this or not. Do you know what mascots are in the, the set? And I, I'll tell you, but I'm just wondering if you if you looked at the their page yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So there's five. Yeah, I saw that. I think it was like five in there was five in U.S. and five in the Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I didn't really notice anybody out of the ordinary that wouldn't be included in there, other than there's no iceberg. But yeah, and I was I actually wanted to critique this for a second because thinking about okay, so the U.S. mascots. Let's talk about them first. I think Gritty is a must. Gritty is like the Wayne Gretzky of hockey mascots. Well, especially since he was just acquitted. So yeah, Gritty acquitted. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a ridiculous story that was. Oh my god! You know the worst um, part about it is do tell. not to not to get sidetracked, but the worst okay. part of that whole thing is everybody's like, "Oh, Gritty committed committed this crime and he assaulted somebody and all this kind of stuff." Okay, Gritty didn't do crap because Gritty doesn't exist. It's a character that's played by some dude inside of an outfit. The guy did it. It was the guy. But nobody t- says his name ever. Everybody just says it was Gritty. So that's what cracks me up. Yeah, I don't know why they kept him, kept it such a secret. I mean, it was a guy I, in a costume and not Gritty. Honestly, I think, and this is what I heard, there isn't just one person that does it. So no. It's multiple But they people. would... They would know so, who it was because it was at a oh, particular I'm sure. event. I'm sure. Yeah. So I'm when sure. you have when you have Gritty doing the Today Show and then you also have Gritty doing a, a fan event, yeah, there are many Gritties. Just like there are many Santa Clauses that go to different malls at the same time. But you did see that right after they announced his acquittal, the next thing you find floating around is a video of him like blocking shots that nuns were trying to make and like slamming the ball in their faces. <laughs> So, oh geez. Yeah. So I was like, wow, didn't miss a beat on that one. Did they like put his head over somebody's body or was it actually gritty in costume? No, it was like... him. He was at some event and there were a bunch of nuns that were like shooting a basketball or something and he was jumping up in their faces and just sla- slamming the ball down on them, blocking their shots. So, so needless to say, I must have this gritty card. So yes. gritty so the mascots for the US set, gritty, 
which makes sense. S.J. Sharkey, which makes sense. Uh, Bailey, which makes sense, because Bailey should probably be the number one mascot. I mean, like, Bailey is like number one, and Gritty is like... Bailey is like uh, a Mickey Mantle rookie, and, and Gritty is like a Hannes Wagner T206 card. You know, they're just like... Like, it's it's like... One is like the number one, but the other one is just like untouchable, right? As as far as hockey mascots go, you like Bailey that much? I like Bailey that much, but Bailey once sent me some hockey cards in the mail, so oh, I got to Yeah. Um. Okay. Tommy Hawk. Tommy Hawk. Yeah. I I I didn't like when they when they um they changed Tommy Hawk somewhere around the was it the nine ten season. He looks like a chicken. I never liked him. I've called him Ricky Chicken instead of Tommy Hawk because the original Tommy Hawk was badass looking. Brett had broad shoulders and his eyes looked a little angry and he had more of a hook beak. And this Tommy Hawk has like a wider mouth and he has kind of like kind of like doughy kind of eyes. And then he has like a, a, a red mohawk, which makes him look like a chicken. I could see that. So I and I'm just like boo. Yeah, no, that's that's a pass. I would have, I would have put I. I'm a I'm a Hawks fan, but I would have put Iceberg over Tommy Hawk, ten times out of ten. Of course, you know. Why um, wouldn't you? And then uh, the other one is uh, Bernie the Saint Bernard, and I wonder if they were just making concessions to Colorado fans because they're having their stadium series game. Um. I don't know. I I didn't honestly. I I knew about Bernie. I didn't know what his name was, and I when I saw that, I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot. Colorado does have a mascot." Mm-hmm. So he was kind of in inconspicuous, I guess would be the word. But I mean, I, I think like I'm just thinking of like some of the other mascots that I would have put. Like, it, it does the Red Wings octopus mascot is that actually is i know that they have that purple octopus that they lower onto the ice but is that an actual mascot that runs around the ice or is he just kind of more of like this figurative mascot but not like a guy in a costume mascot i don't think it's a guy in a costume i just think it's just the whole right the whole aura about the idea of it right Uh, but you know what i'm talking about the angry purple octopus yeah, but I don't know that I've ever seen anybody in a costume running around. It's just the one they drop down from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so maybe that one doesn't apply so much. Um, I don't like the Blue Jackets mascot. I think it's laughable. Um, I don't... <laughs> uh... Marginally better than the um, than the Golden Knights mascot. And, you know, we should do a separate... We got to do a show where we just rank the mascots. But I think that, like, as far as, like, U.S. mascots go, maybe I would have made it the Blues mascot. I don't even know what it is. Is it a dog? The Blues mascot? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, is it... I think it's a bear. Isn't it, like, Louis the Bear or something? That sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, I guess... I don't He's know. He's a I... bear. He's a polar bear. Okay. All right. So, yeah, so that's the the U.S. set. Then the Canadian set, have you seen their mascot insert set? Five different mascots. 
Yeah, the Canadian ones were, uh, I think it was Harvey and Carlton, of course, because they're like the two oldest ones. You got to have Harvey. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He is He is the San Diego chicken of hockey mascots. He's right. been around almost as long. And I think they, I think I saw, yeah, I think I saw Yuppie on the list, who was originally the Expos mascot, but Montreal adopted him. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, who else was on there? Was it? The the whale from Vancouver. Yep, Finn the whale. Finn, that's his name. Yeah, it's pretty remember, forgettable. I don't remember the other one. Well, the other one, I didn't even know that. I, this is how like how weak I am when it comes to my four one one on hockey mascots. Spartacat, which is the well, must be senators. Senators, uh, uh, mascot, and it's like a lion. Spartacat. Yeah. So is that like the uh, is that the lion that they fed the you know that they fed people to in the Coliseum? Fed the, fed the Christians to Christians the lions. Christians too, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Like bring out Spartacat. Uh, Spartacat comes out and eats the Christians. God, that's yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have picked. No, I wouldn't have picked Spartacat. No. Do the Flames have a mascot? Yeah, it's Harvey. Okay, so, but he's kind yeah. of transcendent a little bit, right? Like he's just yeah. he's such he's like a forget, hockey mascot that you forget yeah. that he's like the Flames guy. That's why I did. I didn't forgot that that was for the Flames. So I who's mean, who, missing? Winnipeg. Winnipeg has uh, crap. Who's Winnipeg have? Was it Mickey Moose? Mickey Moose. Yeah, I think the, the Manitoba Moose became their their um became their mascot. Yeah. Um, and in Edmonton has um, has Hunter. Yeah, I would have picked Hunter over Spartacat. That's it. Spartacat. Yeah, yeah, mm. I would have picked I would have picked Hunter over Spartacat ten times out of ten. Carlton, yeah, yeah Carlton stays. Harvey stays. Finn the Whale stays. Up stays. Um, but Spartacat, I'd just be like, yeah, okay, that's not really that interesting. I mean, yeah, I'm I sure agree. the kids like them, but, you know. So what are the odds of actually pulling one of those? Oh, they never tell you, you the odds. And, you know, we spent way too much time talking about cards that are probably one in every 20 packs. I know, like, yeah, last year when they had... The I think it was, like, was it, it was... um Not last year, it was two years ago when the Golden Knights were in their first season and they had the Golden Knight insert cards... Uh, in National Hockey Card Day packs. I believe there were like maybe three for every hundred packs or something. It was really like, they were really tough pulls. Um, so yeah, so... Uh, yeah. Na- oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and I know the the, the uh, victory black rookies are all next to impossible. Yeah. Well, I I'm not really like super excited about victory cards, you know, even like hard to get ones just don't, you know, all right, whatever. Um, but, uh, uh, so yeah, so you want to check out upperdeck.com slash NHCD. And then also there's a Facebook group called the national hockey card day trade group. That is a great place to trade. Uh, you know, American collectors will trade with Canadian collectors. Canadian collectors will trade with American collectors. People will help each other fill their sets, not only from the current year, but from previous years. So that's also a good thing to check out. So if you like the National Hockey Card Day sets, 
please do join the National Hockey Card Day trade group on Facebook. Um, I think I'm still a member of that one. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. It's a good group. You know, I mean, people have traded me, like, just complete sets. Even from, like, I'll have, like, an extra set or two from, like, the current year. And somebody be like, well, I have a set from 2014. I'm like, well, I don't I don't have that one. So, yeah, let's trade, you know. So it's been a really good thing. I've, I've liked that. Um, another thing that's, uh, I don't know if you know about this, but uh, Tim Horton's donut shops in Buffalo are going to be selling packs of Sabres cards. It's not just Buffalo. Columbus, not, too. Only not, oh, really? not Sabres cards. They're going to be Blue Jackets cards. Obviously. Okay, that's great to know. Yeah. Now, we what don't have trying, any... What they're trying to do is get down into the markets where they've um, seeped into south of the border. So, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Yeah, it is good. I mean, I'm not going to get that in Chicago because we don't have Tim Hortons. We have Krispy Kreme and we have... We have, dude, we have so many Dunkin' Donuts that I, I, my theory is that if you just stare in a direction long enough, you will find a Dunkin' Donuts in Chicago. Like, literally, just, just, just go to an intersection, spin around three times, and then just stop and look in a direction. And eventually, you'll be like, oh, yeah, there's a Dunkin'. No, oh, there's a gas station. And inside that gas station is a Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, there's a Baskin Robbins. And inside of that Baskin Robbins, also a Dunkin Donuts you know it's just it's like dude they are like I feel like they're like every other block I get off the train in the morning to go teach school and there's a Dunkin Donuts like when I get off the train it's in the train station nice yeah so um so Tim Hortons okay so uh Buffalo and Columbus uh also coming out this week Upper Deck Series 2 uh and then also a um a price drop in the Panini Select set, which we're selling for the princely sum of $75 for, was it two cards? One base card three. and one, huh? Three. It was what, what? Three. One base, one autograph, one memorabilia? I believe so, yes. But you know, it's I funny think... though because, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think they've done this with any of their digital release. Or online only release hockey. because they sold out. They sold out in time. Right. They they sold out in a in a quick right. manner, and here they didn't. Yeah. They uh, here you they should, uh, you add an you you add a card to a pack. You give it more value. You raise the price, and now you don't sell. Hmm. Well, wait, hold on though, because those other cards that were twenty dollars a pack, you had the possibility of getting an autograph. Possibility. You get a base guaranteed. card. And either an a, a, an autograph or a parallel. For this select set, you're guaranteed an autograph. You're just going to pay seventy five bucks, or sorry, fifty bucks for it. Right. Yeah. So that's exactly. why. So it, it's kind of like when you buy a high end set that's like a hundred bucks a pack, or a set like the cup that's like five hundred bucks a pack, where you know you're going to get an autograph. Like that, you know you're going to get an autograph. You know you're going to get a jersey card. So, and, and probably, you know, a numbered base card or something. So I don't know if these base cards are numbered, but the point is, is that you're, you're getting guaranteed hits. So it's like, do you pay $20 and not get a hit? Cause you know, I was like, well, I don't want to pay $20 and then just get like a base card and then just get like a red version of the same card. That's pretty lame. You know, I like autographs. So, I mean, 
if I was like really into these players, if it was like, let me give you a for instance, if it was Kirby Doc and Alex Debrinket, no, uh, uh, Dominic Kubalik, because he's a rookie. So if if this pack had Kubalik and Doc, dude, I would be buying packs. I would I would have probably bought four or five packs by now because those are my guys. Also, they're both in the NHL, and one of them is actually uh, tearing it up in the NHL right now. Doc is doing okay. He's doing good for a first-year player. Kubelik is older. He's like 24 now because um, he, he was playing over in Europe. And, uh, you know, he kind of came here already with, like, the tools and maturity, and he's doing really good for the for the Blackhawks. So those, if it was those guys, I'd be like, yeah. But because it's Rangers, I'm just like, eh, okay, that's cool. If I'm a Rangers fan, I'm not, you know, I'm not, like, I just don't want to spend $75 and get an autograph of a, of, I, you know, it's kind of like, you kind of want to like, if you like the player, you'll do it. And if you don't like the player, then you're thinking maybe investment, right? Well, that was obvious by when every one of these releases came out because the secondary market was flooded with everybody trying to unload them. As many as were being sold on the secondary market. I can't imagine anybody actually kept them so so do you think we've hit the saturation point with uh with uh vitali kraftsoff and uh capo caco saturation point no what i think has happened is panini lost its nhl license a while back they haven't manufactured nhl cards they've been in the market with basketball and with with the nflpa and with the nfl and those markets have, for lack of a better word, they've shifted over the last few years to a very speculative and investor-heavy audience. Okay. Okay? So, if you're going to market a different product and try to bring back some of those hockey people knowing that the trends have gone to this, you know, digital and, and, you know, hot off the press. What do they, what right. do they call it? First, on off, demand. first off the line, yeah. first off the line stuff and printing on demand. And, you know, now the blockchain thing is the latest and, and, uh, you know, all those products like the stock X cards that, you know, were out not too long ago. And, you know, all of that stuff where it's like, we're going to turn this into more, of an investment type thing because that's what the audience is so hey i know let's get some hockey products maybe some hockey fans will buy no all those investors that are just in it for the flip are the ones buying and that was evident by how quickly ebay blew up with people trying to sell these and unload them it was like the second they were mailed and people had them in hand immediately they were online and trying to unload these things mm-hmm. so that's that's my own opinion, but you know, God forbid Panini has the foresight to look ahead and be like, oh, well, we should probably try to sign, oh, I don't know, somebody that's impactful and people will be talking about more than the first month of the season. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's hard though, because I mean, they're gonna they're gonna invest money in a player, and sometimes that player, like I mean, maybe they wanted to go after uh, Jack Hughes, and maybe he wasn't interested. 
or maybe they just like this player better, or well, maybe he was willing to sign for less, or whatever. And it all comes down to the dollars and cents of it, and I understand that, and I get it. But at the same time, and this is the unpopular opinion of the minute, but if you're in this hobby for investment purposes, then if you fall on your face throwing all your money at Capo Caco in Panini products, good on you. <laughs> That's just my personal opinion. And I could just I could just stand at the sidelines and be like, I told you so. Oh, maybe I, will you trade me that for my for I'll 50? I'll be over here. I'll be over here making fun of you until you want to trade me for my uh, pro set Sergey Fedorov rookie cards. There you go. I got like 50 of them or so. A Russian Hall of Famer versus this guy. Mm. So, we'll see. speak Speaking of Panini, because, uh, you know, Panini, Panini's been around for a long time. Panini got its start making soccer, or some call it football, stickers in Europe. And then they branched out overseas um, with uh, a lot of different sticker collections. This is before it became a big card company. So Panini in Europe became big. Uh, They started buying up some of the card companies in the United States, such as Donruss and score. And, you know, they own the, the the rights to those names now. So that was like when Panini America started was the late nineties when they started snapping up these card companies. And, you know, now today you have Panini America making, you know, football cards and basketball cards and some uh, hockey cards, but for the longest time, Panini America made, and it wasn't even called Panini America back then. It was just Panini. Panini made hockey sticker albums. Now, in the early 80s, Opeechee had hockey sticker albums, but it was actually Panini who printed them. They they said Opeechee on them, or Tops, because there was also a top sticker set in 82. 81, 82 was Opeechee. 82, 83 was Tops and Opeechee. And in the next couple of years, it was Opeechee. But these were made by Panini. 8788, Opeechee decided to bring their uh, sticker production in house. And they said, you know what? We're going to make our own hockey stickers. And that's when the Opeechee hockey stickers became the hardback stickers that you've seen 8788, 8889, 8990. Now is the last year of Opeechee stickers. Uh, 8788, so that year we also had a Panini sticker album. And that album is hard to find. It was in Canada. It was in some markets in the United States. I don't remember seeing it. I remember a friend of mine having the sticker album and no stickers. I don't know how that happened. Maybe he, maybe somebody gave it to him. But this was back like when we were kids, uh, and I just got into hockey. Eighty-eight, eighty-nine was the first year that I collected hockey, and I collected the Panini hockey stickers. And then eighty-nine, ninety, which was thirty years ago. So that was the third year of. Panini hockey stickers. Now this year there's a Tops sticker album. Panini lost the rights to their hockey sticker album. Perhaps that's a reason why they're doing the cards this year because they want to do something hockey related. But uh, what Tim and I are going to talk about now for its 30th anniversary, we're going to talk about the 8990 Panini hockey set sticker set. Yay stickers! So yeah, you don't sound very enthused. <laughs> It's, it's not that I'm not enthused. Um, this was... I I collected the the book 
the books when I was a kid. Um, I collected the stickers when I was a kid. Um, 89, 90. Uh, let's see. 89, 90. Carry the two. Um, I was 12 years old, I think. This was okay. the first album that I almost completed on my own. Um, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, I was about 18 stickers short, which included uh, Bob Erie. He was the only penguin I was missing. And I had friends that had doubles and nobody would trade them to me because I think they were tormenting me. Um, <laughs> I was also missing, I believe, Brendan Shanahan, uh, the Maple Leaf Garden sticker, uh, Stan Smeal, the Nordiques team card, the bottom right corner of whichever player's drinking out of the Stanley Cup on the Stanley Cup celebration page. Um, those are the only ones I can remember off the top of my head. But I know there was like 18 I was mentioning, missing. But unfortunately, unlike you, I do no longer have that album. Uh, I believe it was destroyed at some point or another along the way in my many travels. Um, but it is no longer in my possession. Uh, I do have some of the stickers, though. Um, that I've gotten over the years after the fact, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. So in the, the previous seasons, I did have some, I did have the albums, but I never came anywhere close to completing them as I mm-hmm. did with that particular year. So, uh, what's, uh, just, uh, the lowdown on, uh, 8990 Panini hockey stickers, 384 sticker set. So this thing was massive. It was even bigger than the uh, Opeechee card set at the time, uh, because that was only 330 cards, but that also had checklists, and that had, like, some, um, well, it had checklists, and it had team cards, and it had highlight cards, uh, and Panini also has some special things, but uh, Pan- what made Panini hockey stickers great is that every team got the same amount of stickers, and in this case, uh, there were 12 players per team, plus a foil logo sticker, an action shot sticker, and what I think is like the signature of the set, and that was the stadium photograph, where every team's home rink, they had the beautiful, well, not always a beautiful shot, but a lot of times they had just a really nice photograph of that stadium. And I think of the one, the one that's like my all-time favorite is the one for St. Louis Arena, because it's like the arena, it's this nice wide shot, you have the whole arena, and... Like, the sky in the background is kind of pink, like the sun is setting. And then the ground is wet in front of it, so, like, the light is reflecting off the ground. And it's just such a cool shot. I mean, and there's, they're not And to all... think, that's before Photoshop. And this is before Photoshop, right? I mean, Montreal Forum, I mean, you're just kind of looking at it, like, from, like, you're looking at the corner of the building, but it, you know, looks impressive because it fills like the whole frame like it's like bigger than the um bigger than the 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 sticker but like here's you know like the um st louis uh uh rink yeah Yeah. it looks really nice um st louis arena i should say and uh i mean all of them are, are pretty cool i mean there's one of the igloo in here hartford civic arena like all of the um you know madison square garden looks cool because it's like photograph you know it's shot at night so, like, the building is lit up, and, uh, I mean, some of them are just like, okay, there's the Spectrum during the day, you see some cars in the parking lot, you know, there's one of the igloo, and it's, like, almost from, like, an aerial aerial perspective of, um, 
of it. You know, it's it's pretty cool. I I love this. I loved uh, this. I loved the sticker books because these were a great way for me to learn the players. Um, and then like towards the back of the book, there were uh, there was like a map with like uh, oh you know this already, but like yeah. with uh, USA and Canada. And it like points where the, lo- out the little square logo stickers went for the little square logo stickers. Right. And I look at this and I go, man, Los Angeles is just far the hell away from everything else. I mean, I look at like all these Eastern seaboard teams and it's like, okay, this is doable. And I look at like LA and their closest rivals like Vancouver. <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh, so it feels better now that there's actually a few more teams in that region. It's not well, so sparse. And that's the thing. People, people that might be listening, not, I don't, know if there would be but that are new to hockey i mean they, you got to remember that back then there weren't as many teams as there are now and so there were a lot of these market areas and cities that had no team and nor would they for quite a while mm-hmm. so that that's why it was spread out like it is so yeah los angeles seemed like no man's land compared to the rest of the league so there were uh, 12 players per team, plus a foil logo, an action shot, and a stadium photo. So that brought it to 12, 13, 14, 15 stickers per team. And then there's the 12 all-star game starters. And then another one, 21 logos that go on that map page. And then 11 award winner stickers. So it really gives a... Oh, and then there's like um, a bunch of stickers at the beginning of the book that show like the playoff bracket and um, action from like the different... Uh, playoff rounds you know the, the the flames basically making their way through the uh the 89 uh uh conference uh, campbell conference and then the canadians making it through the wales conference so you have like a couple of smaller stickers you know like w- shots that are one sticker and then you have some that are like two stickers and then you have like some that are like four stickers even um re- recapping like the stanley cup finals so it's it's a cool book it's almost like a history book of the 88 89 season another reason why i liked it because that's the year i got into hockey so for me it was like i got into that season halfway through and it was cool to have just like a book that just kind of recapped that season for me it was just a really novel idea yeah and that's definitely especially especially if it's a if you're a kid having a an album like this to put together not only the fact that trading double stickers with your friends is great fun, but the fact that if you don't know anything or a lot about what's going on, you're right. It's like a, it's, it, it's like a current events history of the NHL um, and being able to, to see the players, not just like in previous years. And I, and I know the first year I had Panini was 87 uh, 87, 88, and they were all headshots. Yes. So all the stickers were headshots. They look like the old team postcard issues um, that were all Well, those taken, are like... headshots. Sorry, those are headshots from the team. Yeah, I was going to say they look like the headshots that were taken like when they took team photos. Um, uh, and, and instead, uh, these stickers, the majority of, well, from what I remember, they were all action photos or somewhat action photos of the player themselves either skating or doing something and i believe if i'm not mistaken didn't some of the teams have more than one goalie or did they all have their goalie and their backup 
87 or sorry, 88, 89, all teams had two goalies. Okay. Those are the first two stickers per page, if I'm remembering correctly, because I thought they put the goalies side by side. So 88, 89, yeah, all teams had two goalies um, shown, but uh, 89, 90, not necessarily. Okay. So maybe it was just some teams. Maybe I was thinking of the previous year. Yeah. I know there was one where it had like two goalies of every team, and I always thought, huh. Interesting, but yeah, and and what's interesting about that is that you had, and we'll talk more about this in a minute, but you had players who had Panini stickers well before they had uh, hockey cards, or they had a Panini sticker and they never had a hockey card. Sure. Um, so uh, back in the day, an album was eighty nine cents, and it, on the front, I love the front of the album. So you have Bobby Smith of the Canadians and Joe Newendike of the Flames. And uh, it's picturing the two of them uh, from the 89 Cup Finals, but they're superimposed in front of this black and teal background, which is it, black and teal stripes, which is just, it's really striking and attention-getting because of that, you know, bright blue and then the uh, the black. Just It just, it just stands yeah. out. And then a sticker, uh, excuse me, a pack of stickers was 30 cents. And that got you six stickers. Because I remember the previous year, a pack of stickers was 25 cents for six. And I just thought, wow, that's so cheap. I loved it. And then the next year, they went up to 30 cents. But the stickers were a little bigger, so I didn't mind. They were like a little bit... If you put them sideways, if the 88, 89 stickers were mainly sideways, and the 89, 90 stickers, like if you put them sideways, they were a little bit longer. So it felt like it was more for your money. It was like more picture for your money it was more sticker for your money but yeah the price did go up to 30 cents i used to buy them at uh the grocery store i'd be able to grab a couple of packs i mean you could buy three packs for a dollar back then tax in chicago was eight percent um or um i'd buy them at white hen pantry which is kind of like a 7-eleven do you have a white hen pantry in uh in indiana or in pittsburgh uh, definitely not in Pittsburgh. We used to have them over here in Indiana, but most of the, uh, they were all franchised. So most of the franchisees have shut them down. Closest thing to it, we had one that used to be a pantry, um, or a white hen. Mm-hmm. And now it's just called the hen because, <laughs> because it's no longer affiliated with, with them. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so I used to get them at white, you know, I'd go to white hen pantry. I'd grab a couple packs of, um, panini hockey stickers get a slush puppy which was like an inferior icy which was actually just an inferior no actually slush puppies were better than icies i agree i was just gonna were, say i don't think they were the best yeah i don't think slush puppies were at all inferior to icy no icy was um icy was like you were at kmart and they had icies and you really wanted that wrestling cup that it came in even though i hated wrestling I thought I'd get the Hulk Hogan cup because everybody loved Hulk Hogan, even if you weren't into wrestling. You just knew who he was, right? So it's just like, oh, yeah, oh, cool. I'll, I'll get one of those ICs because I wanted the Hulk Hogan cup. And they, I got Hacksaw Jim Dungan. And I'm just like, who is this ugly man? And why, oh. is, he holding, why is he holding a board? Because <laughs> he's going about, he's about ready to smack you with it. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Well, it looks like he got smacked with it a few times oh, um, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the face. Good old Hacksaw. But, um, but Hills. yes, Hills was the store that used to have the ICs by me. That was that was who had the ICs. We didn't really go to Kmart. We went to Hills. 
So, do you think Carlton the bear and the icy mascot are related? I, I believe they're distant cousins. They're distant cousins. Yeah. Okay. I, um, I, think, I think the uh, Ancestry.com proved that. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so go go to Seven Eleven. Sorry, go to White Hen Pantry and get a slush puppy and get a um, get a, uh, a few packs of Panini hockey stickers for thirty cents a pack. And I. Did not finish that set. So eighty eight, eighty nine. I actually finished that set. I it took me into the summer, but I was trading my doubles. So what you could do is back in the day, you could actually trade your doubles with Panini. Did you ever do that? Uh, one time, one okay. time I did. Yeah, and did you finish could, the set that year? Uh, I did not. Um, what, were but, you trying? Yeah, and then I then it lost its luster because it was okay. It required effort as a kid to do this because my parents sure as heck weren't getting involved with it. And Panini would only trade you one for one, if I remember correctly. Yes. So if you sent them a double, they would send you a double based off of whatever you wanted. So you had to write down like your name and address and everything on a sheet of paper and then write down the number of the sticker that you wanted in exchange and then send them your doubles. But you could only do like 20 or 30 at a time, 30 at a time. And then you also had to include a self-addressed stamped envelope and a dollar 50 handling charge. Right. Yeah. So first of all, I didn't necessarily have a dollar 50 because you couldn't send a dollar 50. You had to write a check. Right. Get a money order. Yep. And there was a fat chance you were going to get anybody to give you a money order for a dollar fifty when you were just a kid. Right. And uh, yeah, my mom had the stamps on lockdown, so we couldn't touch the stamps. So well, eighty eight, eighty nine. I actually finished that set because I bought so much of it, and because it was a quarter a pack. And I remember um, my grandma would write me checks. She was always good about that. She was always really good about. Uh, that sort of thing. So I remember like you could buy the stickers for 10 cents each, but then you still had to include a self-addressed stamped envelope and you still had to include a dollar fifty um handling handling charge. Yeah. But if you think about it, six stickers for twenty-five cents is cheaper than ten cents a sticker, right? Yes. Because there you're paying like four cents a sticker. I, I'm no mathematician, but yes. Okay. So for me as a kid, it was just cheaper to buy a few packs. And if I didn't get the ones I wanted, then just send them to Panini with my dollar fifty. And I Pretty even much. like I even went so far as to get duplicates. You could only get one of you couldn't get like, you know, I want 30 Mario Lemieux stickers. No. But if I wanted like I wanted an extra Lemieux sticker, I wanted to get an extra Lemieux sticker for my sister. So I'm like sending out like five or six envelopes and making sure that each one asked for like a Mario Lemieux or a Wayne Gretzky or whichever Blackhawks I needed to finish like a duplicate set of Blackhawks. So 8889, I was really disciplined. 8990, um, you could trade again 30 stickers, only one per number. You had to include a dollar fifty plus a self-addressed stamped envelope, or you could buy the stickers for 10 cents each plus the a self-addressed stamped envelope and the dollar fifty. And the other thing is is that it had to be the same type of sticker. So paper sticker for paper sticker, foil sticker for foil sticker. And it's funny when um you try to trade people these days on like a website like laststicker.com, and people really stick to that. Like Oh, well, 
like one guy was like, oh, well, you're trading me paper stickers and you're getting all foil stickers. And I'm like, yeah, dude, but I'm getting like 15 foil stickers and I'm sending you like 40 paper stickers. Also, they're stickers. And then he like, well, OK. And he made the trade. <laughs> I remember, didn't they also make you put your birthday and like whether you were a boy or girl? Yes. In there too? At least in 88, 89, they did. They wanted to know your gender and your birthday. Yeah. Why? It's pretty invasive. Why did they care? Why did they care about that? Why didn't they ask for your social security number too? Marketing research data because they want to know how old are the kids who are buying these stickers and if they're boys or girls, right? So what if you wrote on there you were 30 years old, a 30-year-old man, and you sent them in? Would they still send you the stickers or would they send you a letter back that said, I'm sorry, and that's it? <laughs> well, no, actually, I recently placed an order with Panini to fill out uh i had to finish my 16 7 15 16 16 17 17 18 18 19 i had to finish out those sticker books or three of the last four years i forget which ones definitely the last two but anyways i had to finish out those so i went online and i ordered those stickers for 40 cents each plus four dollars shipping and my man has the price gone up these days right uh 10 cents to 40 cents 10 cents to 40 cents, right? But um, they asked for my birthday. And really? I think I just ignored it. Or I might have filled out the month and the day, but not the year. I can't remember. Um, or I you might rebel. have just... Huh? I said, you rebel. I don't know. Or you know what? Sometimes, <laughs> actually, most of the time, I'll do that. Because I'm like, yeah, I don't care if they know my age. Because they know, oh, people this age like these things. We'll keep making these things. Or maybe we'll make them more appealing to people this age or whatever. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, so you could trade with Panini. Um, that year, for some Only reason... Only in the U.S., though, remember? Didn't they, he, didn't they tell you that Canadian people were not allowed to trade? You could only buy? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I, I thought you couldn't trade. It was, like, U.S. only. Maybe, uh, okay, so the 88-89 book was for both markets... This book, even though it does have some stuff written okay. in French, the back of the book only has a U.S. price on it. It doesn't have a Canadian price. So I don't think any of this has to do. It says offer only good in the USA. Yeah, oh, um, Wasn't it trading offer was only good in the United States or something? Yeah, but this was the version of the album that was only sold in the United States. because oh. it. Oh, because basically all the trade stuff, uh, and the price info is on the inside and outside cover. So all the pages are the same on the inside, but the outside cover, there would have been a different one. Oh, no, this one also is written in French on the front. I don't know. Um, no, I imagine there had to be a way for Canadian collectors to get what they wanted. So all of that information is like on the back of the, on the inside of the back cover, right? You're, yep. you're, you're looking at the book, right? Yeah, I am right now. Okay. So what's on the back cover? Is it the NHL logo? The back cover is the NHL logo. Good memory. Okay. I saw a Canadian book, and there's a Cheerios ad on the back cover. Yeah, that one. Yeah, some of those uh, had it's different... written in French. Yeah, then that would so be. I don't the know one. what it says, like dunk your oats in milk or something. I don't. I don't know what it says. I don't speak French. Sage uh, advice. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it's a Cheerios ad. But if I remember, for some reason, I remember the inside saying. And that's why I made my comment earlier about 
trading double stickers with your friends is great because it does. Was... It says trading double stickers with your friends is great fun. You remember I, that quote very. I only perfectly. remember it because I think it's printed in the book like four or five times. Well, they want you to get your friends to to buy these stickers. You know, none of my friends collected Panini hockey stickers, so that's why I didn't finish my eighty nine ninety set because I did not bother to write and trade or buy the stickers. So how did I complete my set? This is a fun story. 89.90, then that comes and goes, then 90.91, 91.92, 92.93. 93.94. Now, 92.93, I didn't buy the sticker albums that much or because uh, there was just a lot of stickers. There were a lot of cards out at that time. So 91.92 and 92.93, I pretty much ignored Panini hockey stickers. 93.94, 94.95, I really got back into it. And then I want to say 95.96 was like the year that they only sold them in Europe or something because those late 90s stickers... Not 98.99, although I think 98.99, I think a glut of those made their way from Europe to the United States, but the albums are impossible to find. An 80, a 98.99 album, I think I paid $30 for. And the stickers, just for the album. And for the, um, and it wasn't even in mint condition. It was just like, all right, it's got a little crease, fine, whatever. And the 80, excuse me, the 98.99 sticker boxes, I remember buying those at, on DA Card World's website for something nuts like $3 a box or $5 a box, like dirt cheap, like, you know, paying like five cents a pack or something. That's how cheap they were. Like, so, I mean, there's a glut of those stickers, but the albums for that year are pretty tough to find. But so I was, I was for a couple years, I was pretty obsessed with the Panini hockey stickers and then gave up on them for a couple of years to just focus on cards. And it kind of came back to them. So it is the summer of 1997 and it's a couple weeks before college starts up again. And my girlfriend at the time and I, we decide to go to the Wisconsin Dells together. You ever go to the Wisconsin Dells? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Many a trip as a kid. Many a trip. Yeah, it's 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 a tourist place. My joke is that they see people. Used to go from... to Noah's Ark all the time. Oh, that's the uh, water park. Yeah. Yeah, water park. And then um, what was the um, the go kart race place? Oh, it was like right next door. Big Chief was it? It might have been where the cart, it was like 75 mile an hour go-karts. And then you had the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, and you had uh, mini golf. I mean, there was a lot of stuff to do around there. It's a a touristy area. Paul Bunyan's Log Cabin. Yes. We used to have breakfast there, and it was family style, and they'd bring out just buckets of food. That place was great. Eat until you're done, right? That's right. None of this $4 for four pieces of bacon nonsense. Right. So there was an antique store. They have these things called antique malls. I'm sure most of you are familiar with them, but it was where you, you, you know, um, sometimes they sell things on consignment for people or pretty much that's how it's done. And I remember like eyeing this rare Star Wars figure, but it was like $275. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have that money, but it was like one of the few Star Wars figures I didn't have from like the original run of figures, um, you know, back in the day, um, and uh, 
It was that one was only sold in Canada and Europe. It was Yak Face, and I'm just like, well, I can't afford that. And I was just like, well, but I was, yeah, (laughs) one of the aliens, one of a background alien that you see for like three seconds in the movie, right? So I'm looking around at this store, and all of a sudden we're in this antique store. They got like different tchotchkes and things. They got toys. They got like. You know, I remember there was like a set of like score 87 score baseball cards for like $20 or something like maybe back then that would have been that was pre-internet. So, you know, maybe you'd be like, okay, $20, but obviously it was junk wax. But behind the counter, like just up on the shelf behind where the lady was standing, the flash of teal and black catches my eye and I look. And I recognize the unmistakable pattern of an 8990 Panini hockey sticker pack. And I'm just like, yes, hockey stuff, right? So I go over there and I say, how, uh, how much are those sticker packs? And she says to me, oh, and she like t- takes one, hands it to me. And she's like, they're 10 cents each. And I said, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll take them. And she's like, you want all hundred of them? I'm like, yes, please. But I'm thinking, hell yeah, I want all hundred of them, you know, <laughs> like for, te- for 10 cents each. Cause I still needed like 30 stickers. I remember I never got the Chicago stadium sticker, which was ironic because I used to go to Chicago stadium all the freaking time to see the Blackhawks. And I always like wondered what did the, what did it look like? Like what, was it a night photo? Was it a sunset photo? Like, what was the picture of Chicago Stadium? Like, eh, it's okay. It's like a boring daytime photo. But um, I remember, like, so I bought, like, 100 packs or close to it. I want to say I spent, like, 8 or $10. And then I remember, like, we went on a Ducks tour. You, you want to explain what, it, what a Ducks tour is to the listeners? It's an amphibious vehicle that drives both on land and on water. And why is it called a duck? Besides ducks going on land and on water. Um, I don't know. Why is it called a duck? Because these were the ships that they would use in World War II oh, to send, right. to yeah, send yeah. them from the big boat to the shore. And they were literally sitting ducks sitting waiting ducks, yep. for that thing to go from point A to point B. It's like you're safe on the mothership. And once you get to shore, you could like deploy. But when you, that little stretch between where the big boat is and the, the shoreline is, you're sitting duck. You're in this this thing, right? So, yeah, so the ducks, right? So I remember we're on the ducks tour and they're like, you know, like, here's some trees and here's some whatever. And I'm sitting there and I'm opening panini hockey sticker packs like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Right. Ten cents a pack. We get back to the (laughs) hotel room and I'm like opening my packs of stickers. Uh, I don't think I opened a ball that weekend. Um, You know, I was with my girlfriend at the time. So I was going to be like. I'm sure she was thrilled. I'm sure she was thrilled. Um, Yeah, no. um, But so I remember buying buying a bunch of them and um that's how i completed my set and then you know of course i had like 600 of them now like because whatever doubles i had left over and then i had like another 600 so then i ended up building like a second set uh just because you know just to put in album binder pages just because i'm weird i guess i don't know um makes sense um but uh you know a little bit of trivia for you here so um, there are 
there's a couple of notable rookies, if you want to call them rookies, in that set. I know we talk about rookie cards. We don't talk about rookie stickers because stickers are like the cards that nobody collects and everybody makes fun of. Um, Not everybody. Well, no. Do you remember? Do you remember like some of the big names in this one? Big names as far as rookies go. Yeah. Uh, boy. I'd have to think for a second. Um, well, well, duh, well, just think about like an 88, 89, or 89, 90 Opeachy set, and you'd be mostly right. So, Joe Sackick? Joe Sackick. Um, Kirk McLean. Kirk McLean. Yeah, I actually have him on my list here. He was a damn uh, good goalie for the 90s. Let's see. Who else would be in there? Uh, Brian Leach. Ah, now it's funny that you say Brian Leach because Brian Leach actually had a sticker in the eighty-eight, eighty-nine set, oh. which predates his rookie card by a year. His Opeachy and Tops rookie card. Brian Leach actually had stickers in the eighty-eight, eighty-nine Opeachy sticker set and in the Panini sticker set. So it's funny that his stickers, or I'm sorry, it's a hardback. It's it's a sticker back card. I don't think he had a sticker in 8889 Opeachy, but on the back of the sticker was a card that said Future Stars, and it was a picture of Brian Leach. Um, yeah. Trevor Linden. So that's okay. Yeah. So Trevor, Trevor Linden. Linden. Trevor Linden, oh. Joe Sackett, Kirk McLean. And then there's like other guys like, you Flirt, know, Basil, was Flurry in that mix? He's not. Theo Flurry's not in there? No. I know, right? Huh. Um, How about Gary Roberts? Yeah, he's probably in there. I mean, the Flames, well, the, they could have done all the Flames because they were the championship team. Flames yeah. had Joe Newendike, Gary Suter, Joe Mullen, Doug Gilmore, Mike Vernon, Gary Roberts, Jamie McCowan, Lanny McDonald, Al McInnes, Brad McCrimmon, Colin Patterson, Jim Peplinski. Damn, was that team stacked. I mean, they won the Cup that year. Let's see. Who else would have been in there? Oh, How you about- know what's kind of, kind of cool? I look at this now. Is that the sticker album? Actually, they had the address the mailing address to every rink on that team's page so i think this is when i started writing to players because here it says detroit red wings joe lewis arena 600 civic center drive detroit michigan 48226 and then it has a phone number i don't know why they would give a kid the phone number to each team but that's just kind of an interesting little tidbit i'm sorry who are you gonna say uh, i i forget but man I don't know why I don't remember that because I probably would have called the Spectrum every day and said Flyers suck and hang up. Been like, is your refrigerator running? Yeah. Is your Zamboni running? Well, you better go catch it. Um, it'll be a, you know, it'd be an interesting experiment. Go through there and look at every stadium for every team and how many of those stadiums actually still exist. I don't think any of them do. Uh, other than MSG. Well, yeah, that's true. That'd be about it. Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Um, so, uh, a saddle dome for the Flames. Uh, so, well, they call it something else now, I think. But anyway. Um, yeah, it's still a saddle dome. It's still a saddle dome. So, uh, yeah, Trevor Linden's the other notable rookie card, rookie sticker in that. Um, so, now, here's a couple of interesting tidbits. Uh, Brian Leach first appeared in the 88-89 set, so this is not his first sticker. Bob Mason, who was a goaltender 
for a number of years in the late 80s and early 1990s, the dude never had like a legit proper hockey trading card. He's been in team issues. He's been in food issues. And he has Panini stickers in 87, 88, 88, 89, and 89, 90. 89, 90. 88, 89, he's pictured with the Blackhawks. And 89, 90, he's pictured with the Capitals. But he never had a Tops or Opeachy card or later on a Pro Setter scorecard or Upper Deck card. But really? he has like, yeah, no, but he he is just, it, it's funny because he's played on a lot of teams. But I mean, he played, you know, he's got a um, Capitals trading card in 86, 87. He's got a Blackhawks card in 87, 88. He's got an Opeachy sticker in 87, 88. He's got a Panini sticker in 87, 88. He's got a Nordiques General Foods card in 88-89, and then another Nordiques team issue in 88-89, and he's got a Blackhawk um, Panini sticker that year, although he wasn't with the Blackhawks by then. He was gone, but it pict- he's pictured with the Blackhawks, and then he's back with the Capitals for 89-90, so then he's part of their team-issued set, and then he's got a Panini sticker, and then he's got some pro cards 89, 90, 91, 92, 92, 93, Hamilton Canucks, 94, 95, Milwaukee Admirals. So he, um, you know, he never had like a, a, a straight up um, NHL card. But, you know, I'm just going to pull up his stats really quick. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's funny you bring that up, that whole concept of that, how Panini had stickers or cards or whatever you want to call them of players before major releases or sometimes without the player ever getting a major release mm-hmm. in 87 when everybody collected Panini stickers before it became the uncool thing to do. Um, the, the one sticker that everybody laughed at, at least in my group of friends was Lou Franceschetti from the Capitals. Why? And, Cause of his name. He sounds like Lou French spaghetti. Oh, and as we all know, spaghetti's not French, which makes it even more ironic. But um, so his Capitals one, he didn't have an actual trading card until 1990. And I only remember that because when I started collecting cards, I kept looking for cards of him because I thought his name was funny uh-huh. and I was going to collect him. And they didn't exist. So it's funny that you bring that up. And I'm, I'm going to come back to that in just a second. Besides uh, Bob Mason, another interesting tidbit. Ron Duguay's last card, if you will, was in this set, and uh, he's pictured as an L.A. King with no helmet because he didn't wear a helmet in his NHL career. So it's kind of a neat card or neat issue because he did play with the Kings his final season, but um, 88, 89. But uh, he uh, and so he had a sticker in 89, And in the book, actually, so it like underneath each sticker, it does list their birthday position, height, weight, and uniform number, which is interesting because usually uniform numbers aren't listed on cards or whatever. A lot of the time, I know ProSet did that with their cards and they got in a lot of trouble for getting numbers wrong all the time. But I just thought that was kind of interesting that Panini did that, like instead of like uh, home uh, hometown or whatever, or I don't know, uh, last amateur club. Actually, that's something that Tops used to do that I loved. The last amateur club. Liked that. I like knowing that they came from this junior team or this college team or the last amateur club was the Olympic team or or whatever. I always thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, 
But now I want to go. I want to go back to something you just mentioned a minute ago, and that was talking about guys that Lou Franciscani. Um, yeah. So talking about players who did not have um, a sticker. Sorry, who did not have a card until we'll just say the trading card explosion of ninety ninety one. Yeah. There are. There's probably more than just Lou, but I got a couple people here, so we're gonna play guess the player. So. Okay. This goalie played on the Kings and has a sticker in the set, but he didn't get a rookie card till the next year. And here's a hint. He's not pictured with the Kings on his rookie card. Okay, and then I'm going to give you like a dumbed down. Hold on, hold on. No Googling. I'm not Googling anything. Look, here's my hands. You see my hands? Not Googling. Okay. Uh, He's pictured on the Kings. Yeah, he's pictured with the Kings. Glenn Healy. Good. Good. Wow, I didn't even have to say he's an analyst for uh, Hockey Night in Canada because that would have just given it away, right? Um, maybe. <laughs> okay. No, but, but that, that was one. My... What I said earlier about having two goalies, the Kings show two goalies. They show him and Kelly Rudy, don't they? Yes. yes. Okay. Actually, See? I think I think Healy's actually in the 88-89 set as well. He might be. I think he and Raleigh Melanson are in that set. And I didn't want to talk too much about 88-89 because I could talk a year about that set because I'm so fond of it. All right, this next one. Um, This goalie went on. Yeah, a lot of goalies because a lot of the times they did two goalies. Uh, Not every year because, well, the Flames, they only did one goalie. The Bruins, they did two goalies because Moog and Lemelin were a good tandem. Right. Uh, the Sabres, they only did one goalie. So anyway, so this goalie was named to the all-rookie team in 1990. So even though he has a sticker in 89-90, because he played some games in 88-89, but not enough to qualify as a rookie but he still ended up in this book. It's funny. Panini has lower standards for making a sticker of somebody, you know, tops. You had to play a full season and Panini. It's like, Oh, you're a goalie and you played eight games. Okay, cool. We need another goalie. You're the guy. You're the, you know, here you go. We're going to put you in this. So this goalie was on the all rookie team in 1990. Um, but he had a sticker in 89. In 89, 90. Now, I, people who are listening to this are playing along or they're bored as hell. Yeah. Leave your comment and let us know how bored you are on a scale of one to ten right now. Yeah, exactly. Because we're playing pub trivia, but only it's like about 30-year-old hockey stickers. I, I keep wanting to say Mike Vernon, but that's probably wrong. No. All right. I'll give it's it, only I'll because you said it earlier. What, te- what team? All right. So I'm going to – now, if I give you the team, that's going to give it away. So oh, I gave you how's, the, how's it going to give I, it away? I gave you the hard clue. Now I'm going to give you the easy clue. Okay. His his blocker has its own Twitter account. Bob Asensa? Yes. My next clue would have been it's Bob Asensa. Oh. <laughs> No, yeah, Bob Asensa's blocker, right? Uh, who uh, we banter with on on Twitter. Um, okay, 
So the next one um, is another goalie. Damn, what's with the goalies? Like I said, they always tried to do two goalies. Okay. Um, goalie, this goalie played on the Blues. Goalie for the Blues. Okay. That's that's all I'm getting is goalie for the Blues. Yeah, I can't think. Of what, I mean, he's pictured with the Blues. He played with other teams also, but. Um, eighty-nine. The only blue goalie I can think of is. Okay, I'll give you a hint. He was Greg Millen's backup in eighty-eight, eighty-nine. I was going to say Greg Millen, so it was Greg Millen's backup. <laughs> well, Greg Millen had cards for like the previous ten years, so. Started as a penguin, FYI. Who did? Greg Millen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought you meant his backup. No. Um. <sighs> I'm pretty sure I can picture him. And he had one of those old white goalie masks that didn't match his outfit. And I can't think of what his name is. Okay. It's Vincent Riendo. Oh, okay. Because I didn't yeah, have another, no. I didn't have another clue other than it's not Curtis Joseph. Yeah. Okay, this goalie oh, played God. for the North Stars. What is with all the goalies? Damn. Okay, okay. This okay. goalie was traded for Bruce Bell. It's traded for Bruce Bell. John Casey. <sighs> Dude, come on. Oh. Carrie Taco. Right. What'd you say? Harry Taco. Kari. K-A-R-I. Taco. Uh, it was a Taco Bell trade, dude. Come on. That's like a hockey that's like a hockey pun that doesn't go away. Did you not hear about that? I just don't remember. That's all. Uh, okay. Um this goalie played for the Islanders. Well, and his name rhymes with jacket. His name rhymes with jacket. Um, <laughs> Jeff Hackett. Yes. All right. Okay. Last one. Not a goalie. Oh, not a goalie. This okay. penguin. Oh. Okay. Has a sticker, a full uh-huh. year before he had a rookie card in nineteen ninety one. Um, so obviously he has a sticker in that set, correct? He has a sticker in the eighty nine ninety set. The only person that's coming to mind would be Artie. Who? Kevin Stevens. Why'd you call him Artie? Because that's his nickname. Yeah, Kevin Stevens. He played... Uh... 24 games in 88-89 and it looks like he played 16 games the prior year, 87-88 so they gave him a a sticker in 89-90 but he didn't get a rookie card until the 90-91 season in, you know, tops and all those other sets. And okay, I got one more. Stevens was a goal scoring machine. Yeah, he was awesome. Um, This future Hall of Famer Makes a cameo appearance on one of the action stickers. 
So it's not actually his sticker and he's not named, but he's there. He's on the sticker and he's like the focus of that sticker, but he's not actually a named player in the set. Is he like doing something on the sticker? Like playing goalie? Yeah, he's like playing goalie. And he's on the action sticker, but he's not in the set. Well, he's in the set on the action sticker, but then he doesn't have like his own standalone sticker. Oh. Hmm. And he's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And he... And this would actually also predate his rookie card. Oh. Um... Boy, I don't know. You got me on this one. I was going to say Patrick Law, but that can't be right. Okay, his nickname was The Eagle. Oh, Belfour? Yeah. So Ed Belfour appears on sticker sticker number 46. It's an action shot. It's on the Chicago Blackhawks page. It shows the Blackhawks playing the Islanders on the road in um, in New York because the Islanders are wearing their white jerseys. And he's in net. He's got a white helmet. He's wearing number 31. Is this a pre-game or a pre-season game or? Uh, No. And I'll tell you why. Because he wore number one until around November 20th. And then that was when I want to say it was November 18th or November 20th. I I have an article about this on on Puck Junk. I'll, I'll be sure to link to it. Um, Belfort wore number one until the team retired Glenn Hall's number. After Glenn Hall left the team, but before they retired the number, a lot of goalies wore number one. It was just in circulation. So 88-89, Belfort wore number one. And then when they retired Hall's number, uh, then he was given number 31. And then he was eventually sent down to the minors. And then the next year he played with the Canadian national team. And then he came back to Chicago at the end of the 89-90 season. And then they gave him number 30 because it was available then. But 31 was not available. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's... uh, And this is why I like these early Panini sets. And even, like, you'll see some of this in, like, the Opeachy sticker sets. Because they would be bigger than the card sets. So they would make stickers of guys who did not get... um, Did not get a card. So I, I just, that's something that I always geeked out about. In fact, you know what I used to do was I used to, back when like rookie cards were A, cheap and plentiful, and B, still kind of meant something. I mean, at least to me anyway. Um, I would just like, I had two binders just full of rookie cards. I don't care who the guy was. I would just, that's his rookie card. I'd put it in this binder. Um, since I actually started getting the complete sets, it seemed kind of moot. But when I was a kid and I'm like, oh, I'll never own an 84, 85 um, OPG set, but I would like Troy Murray's rookie card. And I would take that and put that in my rookie card binder. But then like if they had like a pre-rookie card in like the Panini set, I would get an extra sticker and also put that in my rookie card binder. Now, like I said, the whole thing's moot because, you know, why do I really need an extra rookie card? Unless it's like a valuable thing that you just want to have extras of. of um, But just like a rank and file player from like the 70s or 80s. It doesn't matter because I just have the full set now. So are those... How do you designate those? 
Designate what? Because, the stickers? Because their stickers, are they rookies? Are they pre-rookies? Are, can you count them as anything? I count them as, if it's a sticker, I count it as a, pre, a rookie sticker or a pre-rookie sticker. Um, it's still an artifact of that so you add from sticker. that time. Yeah, you I add mean sticker moniker to it. Well, because they don't really have, other than like the 91, 92, and 92, 93, those Panini stickers, they put stats on the stickers because they were trying to compete with cards. Because I remember the packs used to say, now it's stats on stickers. But back then... Um, so you peel the back off and then the stats are gone. No, no, no. The stats oh, would be on the front. I, I know. I was, I was kidding. That was, oh, okay. That was a joke. Um, well, it wasn't very funny. <laughs> and yet, and yet you didn't... You don't Sorry, recall... I didn't mean to offend the stickers. Yeah, this, yeah, I'm outraged. Feel my Twitter wrath. Here I come. I'm going to be canceled. Please know <laughs> um, no, no, no. Um, you don't. But you don't remember the Taco Bell hearing about the Taco Bell trade. I probably do, but my long-term memory is not functioning right now. I'm sorry. That's okay. Do it functioning pretty good to remember 8990, uh, you know, a 30-year-old sticker set and that you needed which, you know, you remembered like 6 of the 18 stickers you needed. That's pretty good. I'm just glad I remembered Lou Franceschetti. Yeah. Well. It's a funny story. And yeah, cuz we would make fun of that guy's name. But yeah. in fact, he was a capital. So. Well, yeah, I mean, And he was kind of a goon. So. Um so anyway, so that's pretty much all I have to say about this set. I mean, I've pretty much rang every little bit of useless trivia out of um, of of this 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 thirty year old sticker set. So um, I don't know if any of you out there collect stickers now, or collected them recently, or collected them back in the day. But of course, we'd like to hear about that if you did. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? Put a bow on it? Not about the stickers, but I just wanted to make the comment that uh, any of you listening out there, if you haven't got a chance to see the um, the ESPN movie, Willie, uh, that's been playing this month, uh, check it out. It's about Willie O'Ree, and it's really, really well done. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, sharing that. I'll have to check that out. And that, how can they watch that? Uh, right now it's on ESPN, um, and it keeps airing fairly frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you can still get it on their online stream or the on-demand stream, but uh, there's various times that it's been playing throughout the month. So check your uh, local listings, as the kids say, and lo- uh, check it out. Awesome. Well, thank you for bringing that up. And thank you all for listening to the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. If you like this show, please tell your friends. Please like and subscribe. Please subscribe to the RSS feed on uh, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or anywhere where you get podcasts. Also, if there's a podcast provider that you think we should be on, let us know and we will get the show on there. And also, if you like this show, please consider buying a t-shirt from shop.puckjunk.com. But in the meantime, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. For more hockey goodness, follow us on Twitter at PuckJunk.